This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party with me, Dad Wolf, on Pet Life Radio. And I had this whole thing planned. Yeah. I was going to talk to you all about breed recognition, which I still will, and how to introduce two dogs, which I still will. And I was even going to do some cat topics today because, you know, the cat people get very upset when I don't cover cat topics every week. But then, well, this is sort of cat related, I guess. Then I got all these emails and texts because, and, and, um, Oh, so much in social media because there's been a lot of trouble with cougars. And in fact, so people are really, really afraid and they want to know the facts on cougars and they want to know how to be safe with cougars. Now, some of you may be thinking, what? <laughs> Don't you live in the city? Why are you dealing with cougars? Okay, yeah. Uh, but cougars, people go camping, people go to cottages and cabins and people go out hiking and people encounter cougars all the time. So one of the attacks recently is in British Columbia, where I live, and it's on Vancouver Island. And the other attack recently is in Washington State, near Tacoma. Now, the incident in Tacoma was a nine-year-old girl attacked, and she was walking with two of her friends, and the other two friends ran for it, and she tried to fight off the cougar by herself, and then a group of parents came and chased it away. And she went to the hospital. She's doing okay, but she had severe wounds, many, to her head and her body. So that's what happened in Tacoma, Washington. Not so far from Seattle, not in the middle of the bush, but in a park on a wilderness sort of adventure day. On Vancouver Island, Dee Gallant was walking her dog and in, in a place called Duncan, and uh, she... <laughs> Felt like she was being watched. And I saw the video. She sees the cougar. The cougar sees her. The cougar's staring right at her. And she's saying, bad kitty, bad kitty, which, you know, okay, uh, it is a kitty, I guess. Anyway, that didn't work. So she started waving her arms. She never took her eyes off the cat, which is what you're supposed to do. She did everything right. She didn't run. She waved her arms and she yelled. None of that was working. The cat, the cat was stalking her and getting closer and closer so she pulled out her cell phone and I guess she had Spotify. I don't know. She had a music she likes that she put on Don't Tread on Me by Metallica. <laughs> she blasted that cat with heavy metal and it worked. The, the mountain lion ran away. So for those of you who don't know, cougars, mountain lions, pumas, those are all the same animal. And they look like a lion without the big shaggy mane. And they are at the top of the food chain. They are unpredictable. We don't really know what triggers their attack. They have incredible speed, credible strength, and are pretty scary because they're stealth. You often don't see them, but they see you. So now, is it really that dangerous? Is it really that common? Well, no. In the past 100 years, only five people have been killed by cougars in my province of British Columbia, which, you know, in comparison... Three, three Canadians are killed every year by bees. So 
you know, three a year by bees, five and 100 by cougar. So, okay. But then again, bees are everywhere. Cougars are, are pretty remote most of the time. Last weekend, one was spotted in a very swanky neighborhood of West Vancouver, strolling down a suburban street. And so that was on the news. So they, they are sometimes near humans and they're more likely to come out at night, but not always. So dawn and dusk are dangerous times. Kids should always stay in groups, always be together. And ideally, I mean, they say if your child is, is even 16, he or she may not be considered an adult by a cougar. And they do look for young. They hunt young deer, young moose. And unfortunately, they like the look of children. So I'm not exaggerating that one. If you're in cougar country, keep your kids with you. Hold their hand. Be right there. Don't let them wander ahead and run off into the bushes by themselves. Coyotes will, will attack um, and bears will attack children too. And children are not the best at obeying the rules of don't run, right? When they see a cougar, they're going to just bolt and the cougar is going to chase them and be faster than them. So you definitely want to be there to hold their hand and make them stand up and be big and pick them up if they're little, right? Hold them right in your hands and yell and scream and make the cougar aware that you are human and you are not easy food. So you got to teach your children what to do about this and make sure they're they're supervised and playing in groups. Get your children in before dusk and outside after dawn. Now, right now, and in, in where I live, where the cougars live, it's late, so late that this really isn't a hardship for kids. I mean, what are they doing out at 10 o'clock at night anyway? They should be inside. That's when the predators are out. Okay, so I'm reading from a list of safety guide to cougars from uh, the BC Wildlife. And hiking groups of two or more make a lot of noise so you don't surprise them. That's true for bears too. You don't want to come up and sneak up on a bear. You want them to hear you. Carry a sturdy walking stick so you've got a weapon if you need it. If you need it, pick up rocks, pick up whatever you can. Just be big. Flap your arms. If you've got jackets, flap them. Like make yourself look just scary and big. So avoid a cat. Oh, yes, this is a good one. Sometimes you find like a bunch of what looks like a dug up, almost like a dug up grave. And it's kind of like a mound and it's sort of interesting. It's got leaves, and it's got mud and it's sort of big berm kind of created by an animal. Okay, that's probably what a cougar couldn't finish eating and left for later. Stay away from that. <laughs> Definitely stay away from that. So cougar kittens are really, really well hidden. But if you find them, get the heck out of there like as fast as you can if you stumble upon a litter of little kittens oh my god they're so cute yeah 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 whoa get out of there because mama is coming back okay we are going to break we'll be back in a minute on animal party pet life radio stay tuned take a bite out of your competition advertise your business with an ad in pet life radio podcasts and radio shows there is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio, and I'm responding to the many questions I had about cougars, so I'm going to continue to talk about that a little longer. Not much longer, though. Don't worry. If you don't have cougars in your backyard, and you're not going camping, and you're not going hiking, and you're not going to encounter them, this show is still for you. We're going to go on to other things very soon. So, if you do encounter a cougar, always give it an avenue of escape. That's true for a bear as well. Coyotes, you don't have to worry about that because they can always escape from anywhere. Stay, stay calm. Talk to the cougar in a confident voice. So that's part of the reason they're so attracted to children is the high-pitched happy voice. It's a lot like submissive animals. It's a lot like their prey. You want to sound deep when you're trying to chase away an animal. You want to sound growly and angry. Okay, so... um. Don't let children run around and use rapid movements. That really provokes an attack. So hold on to them. Don't run away. Back away slowly. Don't turn your back on the cougar. Stay upright. Do all you can to make yourself bigger. So you don't want to crouch down. You don't want to hide. It's seen you. (laughs) Too late for hiding. (laughs) It smells you anyway. There's no hiding from these animals. Pick up sticks or branches and wave them about. If it behaves aggressively, arm yourself with a large stick, throw rocks, speak loudly. You got to convince the cougar that you are a threat. You're not prey. I know that's hard for some of us, but do it. This is a big, you know, Academy Award winning thing. You got to act like your life dependent on acting like you want to kill that cougar and he should be scared of you. If a cougar does attack, fight back. Many, many people have survived cougar attacks. Just with bare fists, fishing poles, rocks, sticks, bicycles. As in one case recently, a lady put her bike between her and the cougar. So they are a vital part of our wildlife. And we do need them. Yeah, I know. It seems like we should just get rid of all the animals that we're scared of. But that doesn't really work in the scheme of things. In fact, something will just replace it. And the cougar's pretty much, like I was saying, five in a hundred. There's only been three deadly attacks in the United States in a long time, I think it's about 100 years. It's really long, it's surprisingly long, actually. So really, they're not, you know, they shouldn't be eliminated. They should be understood so we can live with them and not be attacked by them. Some of the things you can do, and this is true for all of these animals, the bears, the pest animals, the cougars, and uh, the coyotes especially, is feed your pets indoors. Keep your pets indoors at night. Forget about bird feeders if you've got these problems. If you keep chickens, use the uh, proper electric fence. Never feed deer or other prey species. I know they're beautiful, but if you have them around, wherever there is deer, there is cougar. Yes. And wherever there is rats, there is coyote. And that's an okay combination. We definitely want them as our rat killers because there's about 100 rats to every person in most cities, especially port cities like New York or Vancouver, or Montreal, is bad. So we need some help with our rodents. Yeah, definitely. All right, so now I'm going to talk about, let's see, I a lot of questions. I feel like, okay, you know what? I'm going to end this. I'm just going to go through, before we go to the next break, I'm going to go through the 
the 10 craziest calls, weirdest calls they got of the 30,000 calls they got at BC Wildlife on the hotline. So most of the calls were actually things. This is where humans and wildlife clash. So, you know, I can't get out of my house because (laughs) there's a wild animal there or something like that, right? There's been a bear attack. It's killed some of my animals or this kind of a thing. That's what you're supposed to call for. Okay. So number one on this list is a peacock. Peacock, the people called the wildlife hotline. It's called the human wildlife conflict hotline. Yep. They called because a peacock had wandered into their house. And so the wildlife hotline people asked, do you want it removed? And they said, no, 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 no. The weather isn't so good today. We'll just keep it and because we don't want it to get cold. Clearly an emergency. All right. So another one, someone called the wildlife hotline because there weren't that many tadpoles in their pond this year. Yes, yes, definitely 911. All right. Then there's another one. People called because there was a, a leghorn sheep, that a bighorn sheep that they thought he, he was a ram, a lone ram, and they thought he was lonely. And he needed a mate like the conservation service is a dating service (laughs) for animals. (laughs) No, they're not. They don't deal with that. A bear attack. Yeah. Okay. You think that? Yes. Call if the bear attacks. Absolutely. But the bear attacked a statue. Yeah. Okay. Not really 911 on that one. Black and gray creatures flying over. Yes. Unidentified flying birds. Yes. that, That was the problem there. Okay, or possibly owls, but but you know, either way, not not an emergency. Okay, moving on the list. Um, rustling in the bushes. Yes, they were called for rustling in the bushes. That could be a mouse, somebody's cat, it could be anything really. That's totally okay. Someone else called for snakes in the garden, is expecting the wildlife to remove these naturally occurring harmless snakes. Someone else called because of an otter family they spotted in a park. I don't know what they wanted the otter family, what they wanted to be done with the otter family. Someone called about a dead shrew. And someone called, now this is interesting, about a badger making a den in their backyard. And this was in a suburb and they didn't want it removed. Now that puzzles me because I would not want a badger in my backyard. So there you go for the 10 top weirdest calls of 2022 to the Human Wildlife Conflict Hotline. All right, stay tuned. We'll be back on Animal Party on Cat Life Radio with dog and cat stuff. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. 
PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back, and I want to talk about breed recognition. I got a question on Facebook. I love that. And if you ever want to suggest a video to me, you can go to Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube, and I would love to hear your suggestions because I'm making videos all the time. I made one yesterday on how to introduce two dogs who don't know each other, where one is shy and one is friendly. And uh, you can check that out on YouTube. It'll be posted soon. I made one about Buster jumping up and how to teach a dog not to jump up just a few days ago. So anything you want to see or any guest you'd like to hear, just send me send me some information. YouTube's probably the best way. Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. But there's other ways to reach me too. Okay, so introducing two dogs, one to the other. No, breed recognition. Let's do that one. Breed recognition, since you asked, the question was, how is it possible that my dog recognizes its own breed even when the colors are different? Okay, so that was one question. But then I had another question about two weeks ago where someone said, if dogs are colorblind, how come my dog seems to recognize color in dogs? Ooh, both really, really good questions. Too. I love it. I love it because it goes to the dog mind. And um, I had done courses on this. I love the dog mind. So, okay, so here's the thing. Dogs are not really colorblind. No, no, they're not. They just don't see color the way we do. Okay, so they can still see blood. They can see red. They can see variations of grays and, and solids and shades and brightnesses. And they have an idea of color. It's just not the same as ours. And really, if you think about it, how do you know that my view of blue is the same as yours? You remember that? exercise that went out on the internet a while back where everybody had to guess what color the dress was and some people thought it was red and some people thought it was blue that was kind of remarkable but it's kind of like that so does a dog just see everything as one shade of nothing no then it would bump into things all the time it has to be able to delineate you know the shapes and the colors of things to be able to see shadow from light to be able to see that there's a tree right in front of it and another one behind it and they're different colors so they're different vibrancies if you will different shades so even if you want to just think of it as as all black and white it's still got shades right the light light green is lighter than the dark dark green for example and because dogs navigate a lot with smell and sound and even taste, breed recognition is more than just sight. So they see the breed shape, posture, markings. They may not see that that dog is brown, black, and white like they are, but they see the differences in the shading and the pattern of the shading on the dog and the posture of the dog, and they smell that it's a relative. So that's a very cool thing, right? So they can recognize by sight, but by smell as well. Now, the other person's question, okay, so that was, how do they recognize breed without being able to recognize color? They can recognize color, but there's so much else going on when they recognize a breed. And there's some other things too, like, okay, so here's something. I had a dog come to me for training that was scared of all brown dogs. I'm not kidding you, just brown. Okay, we get all nervous and stress out and even cause cause piss itself or it would um, run or bolt or if it had to face the other dog it would fight but it liked every other dog 
every other dog on the planet. And I had a different one who would fight and just like completely get aggressive if it saw any dog with the black and tan markings of a Rottweiler, a Doberman, a Roddy Cross, anybody with that black and tan, even a Cocker Spaniel with the black and tan. Why? Well, that's when some traumatic event happens and the dog associates that event and that fear with something specific. It can happen when your dog maybe gets stepped on at the same time as somebody slams a door and it's forever afraid of slamming doors. And then maybe if you don't train it and teach it, the slamming doors are fine and doors are fine. And that was a one-off and it's no problem and doors are cool. If you don't do that, it starts to expand that fear to other things. Well, in this case, the dog was probably attacked by a specific dog with black and tan markings. And then it was probably a little fearful around black and tan dogs. So the people started to avoid them. So now, years later, it thinks all black and tan dogs are scary. But that's kind of an indication because they're all different smells. The dogs can really see the markings. So I like that question. Thank you so much for asking that. We did have a lot of cougar questions. Oh, my goodness. I was so happy to see a dog question. And then I had a cat question come in. Someone said, thank you so much for the YouTube description of how to train a cat. Can you demonstrate? Oh, Bobby, 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 Bobby the Bobcat, you've got work. Okay, I will teach Bobby some commands. I haven't done it yet. That's my part being lazy because Bobby wants to learn. And he does some things, like he comes to his name. And um, if I kind of rub two of my fingers together, my index finger and my middle finger, if I sort of twiddle them together, making a little tiny sound as I do it, he will come to my hand every time. Um, also, if I rub the back of my chair, the chair I sit in when I do radio, he will climb up the chair and go to the top of it. So he's got a few basics. How did I teach him those basics? Well, I used to say his name, Bobby, 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 Bobcat. Whenever I saw him running toward me, whenever I thought he wanted to be with me, whenever I was ready to pick him up and give him a cuddle, and whenever I fed him, that's how he learned his name. Then the twiddling of the fingers, I would do while I was feeding him and he was sort of twirling around my legs. I would do that and then pet him, do that and then pet him. And, you know, as I say it, I realized I wasn't even thinking of training him. It just, that's just how I am with my cats. And then why is he on the top of my chair? Well, I've always had a cat on the top of my chair. And I've been doing radio since 1997. And pretty much from the very first show, they figured out that I am stationary. It's the one time where I'm not moving around, filling water buckets and checking for mats in the backs of dogs' ears and doing all kinds of stuff. I just sit still. So... If one of them gets the, the exalted, the much uh, fought over position of behind my head on the top of my big chair while I'm on the radio, that cat gets my free hand stroking it. And so they've all learned to go up there. But Bobby really likes it up there. So when he was quite young, he was um, smelling the chair and getting to know the chair where the gray tabby that had passed before him, the one I was so attached to before, Knuckles, who had many, many claws extra. Knuckles used to be up there. And so Bobby was very curious about the smell. And I just would kind of lift him up to this place a couple of times only. And that's all it took. He figured it out. Oh, okay, I can climb this chair. Right. Cats have been here before. I will be the new cat on the back of the chair during the radio show. That's my job. 
And actually, it's very, very rare. Like lately, I've been doing some Zoom meetings and the cats mistakenly think I'm going to be here for a while making a show and they come running. And so when I do the Zoom and the screen goes on, people see me with a cat on my head, basically. And uh, it doesn't hurt because <laughs> all my meetings are pet related. So that's how that works. So I will, I will. I mean, I'm plan. I've got a few plans for YouTube videos coming up. Going to do some more dancing with dogs. We did a beginner lesson. So we're going to do the intermediate and, the, and then the advanced um, with the same dogs, with different dogs. And we did a workout with dogs. We did, well, my version of yoga, goat yoga. I say, forget about it. No goat yoga. Do dog workouts. No poop, right? Nothing gets eaten. Your hair won't get eaten. Your clothes won't get eaten. There's no puddles on the floor. No, 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 no. It's much, much, much better. And you get the same distractions and the same affection. In fact, more affection, as you see. If you go to my Dev Wolf Pet Expert YouTube site, you will see me trying to work out and control my breathing and be aware of my muscles and my posture and all this stuff while dogs are like trying to give me kisses on the face and interrupt me in every way you can think of that's cute so um so check that out dub wolf pet expert on youtube and i guess for cats start right now the next time you go feed your cat instead of just pouring the food or go into the can opener or go into the fridge whatever it is you're doing yell out his name first so Bobby, Bobby, mittens, mittens, furball, whatever you call him. <laughs> and then give him a chance to come. If he doesn't come, open the thing, pour it out. But I would say just give him half what you usually give and put it away. Wait till he finishes it and then try again. Just after he's just left the area a little bit, yell out his name, Timber. Pussycat, whatever it is, Pussycato, whatever it is, Hatul, whatever. Get that cat to come because she, she'll just be like half satisfied thinking, where's the other half? I almost left, but now she's ready to listen. And she's like, oh, wait a minute, there's more. But she's coming to the sound of her name instead of the sound of the can opener or the fridge or the food. She's coming to you calling her. And now instead of food just just appearing, mwah, magic, abracadabra. <laughs> no, it's connected to you. You gave her that food. She'll understand. I mean, she's probably bringing you mice. She understands this. So yeah, get her to come for her food. Start right there. All right, everybody. I will do some YouTube videos on how to train a cat. When we have uh, someone to film it and the cat in the right mood, we will get right on that. And I think I'll do, um, I'll show you how to do sit. And shake paw. Because why not, right? Cats are just as smart as dogs. And they learn just as fast, if not faster. And yeah, no, there's no seeing eye cat. But that's not because they can't learn. Think of the circus cats. Think of how they would have a whole bunch of cats in a, in a giant ring. And, they, and all these people in the audience and distractions and things to scare them and whatever. And the cats just do their thing. They jump through hoops and they do their thing. Yeah, well, your cat's got that in him. He does. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me, Dove Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. And uh, from me, Dove Wolf, Animal Party Pet Life Radio, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.